Welcome to another episode of El Cafecito. My name is Leonardo Casenza. I'm your host for the second season. And there's a she-wolf in the closet. <laughs> Buenas tardes, señores. Aquí habla Guillermo Paturi. And um, soccer is much better than American football. Hey, hola, que My name is Raquel. And I don't know what I think about Rosalia. Oof. Oof. Okay, okay. So we're back together. Anna's not here again, um, although she did propose this topic. And uh, the idea is to talk about the influence of Latino music in pop culture and, and pop uh, music in general in the past like five to six years. We've seen this kind of mushroom effect where since like Despacito, and that, that's quite true, right? Since yeah. Despacito in 2015, 2014 maybe? That was 2015. Yeah, wow. it's been a while. <laughs> It's been a while. Since Despacito, it's been uh, another resurgence of Latin music. That's what most critics are talking about. And we just I just wanted to use the performance in Super Bowl by Shakira and J-Lo as kind of this leeway for us to talk about, about uh, this topic. And the first question is, what do you guys think of the, the performance? I think it was pretty good. I mean, I was very happy with the fact that two Latinas were selected to uh, do they like the halftime show so that was really really cool and they, the fact that they brought these other two Latino uh, musicians was also pretty interesting as they tried to show this uh, unity this um, like feeling of hermandad between like the Latino like people and like the singers so that was really nice to see this um, amazing show from like all of them yeah, I, I I watched it the other night, and it was uh, it was yeah, it was it, quite quite different from what I expected it to be. Because um, initially talking to Anna and seeing a lot of the discussion online, we saw that there were a lot of critics saying that it was hypersexualized, um, that it didn't represent Latina women's uh, specifically. But I know I think they they rocked it. Like it was a really intense performance because in the Super Bowl they kind of jam it into 15 minutes, and you have all these different songs coming together so I, I think it yeah it, I think it was a good representation it was a uh, it, it gave me this excitement that I usually don't get and uh, and, it, and it's good that uh, we, we finally in, in a way have this this uh, this opening for this larger audience because Super Bowl is considered to be the the, the biggest performance uh, the biggest and the most seen performance um, every year uh, because there's like more than like 100 million people. I mean, and basically, YouTube, uh, the YouTube uh, video had more than 100 million people watching wow. it. I think that uh, uh, at the time it was maybe 10 million, 20 million. It's it's uh, it's it has a lot of it has a lot of uh, it gets a lot of traction and attention. So yeah. I, I thought it was an important part in our in our Latina conversation here. Pop, Guy, what do you think? Man, I was very. Um I'm not going to say surprised, but I was very happy, I think. I was happy to see um, that two Latinos, Latinas, were, were chosen to, I, I mean, as you said, uh, represent this... I mean, the halftime show in the Super Bowl is arguably one of the most important performances in, in the world, yearly. Happens every year, it also gets, always gets a lot of repercussion. Um, as you said, there's a hundred million people who had already watched it, plus the people that watched it live and when it was actually happening. Yeah, it was interesting to see how they chose um, to. I wouldn't have expected that, honestly, for them to choose two Latinas to, to present at this, this sport that really is only only big in the United States. There isn't really another country in the world that has a big 
American football fan base, even less in Latin America. Um, so yeah, it was interesting, and I was happy to see that. Um, not only because we're exposing, I guess, uh, the United States has a lot of Latino influence, uh, especially from Mexico, with many hundreds of thousands of immigrants, and I think it is good uh, to represent this this minority in a way in the United States in, in such an American big um, event such as the Super Bowl. I'm wondering if, uh, because the, the Super Bowl was played in Miami, right? So I'm wondering if that had like an impact on like who was going to be the, the artists that will perform um, in the halftime show. So I'm wondering if the fact that it was in Miami influenced uh, the decision for it to be Shakira and J-Lo to be the final. Is it usually in Miami? Because no, changes no, every, no, oh, it changes every year. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah. yeah, this, yeah. I think that Miami is a pretty. I went to Miami like last summer, and I was surprised that even like the subway, or, like the the metro, like they, they have a. I don't know how to explain, but like the metro, like the subway is not like underground. It's like. It's more like a tram. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and like music was in Spanish. Most of the people, like customer service employees, they speak Spanish as well. So Miami is like pretty much. Uh, like a Latino community. And in the, as I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, the past kind of five, six years, we've had this uh, resurgence of, of Latino music. And specifically, it's what they, they've been calling um, urban music, mm -hmm. which is the, the mix between um, trap and rap. Mm -hmm. And with that, alongside like reggaeton. And there's um, a lot of talk of how this, this specific type of urban music has been contaminating the other. Contaminating is a bad word to use. It's been, uh, how can I put it? It's been influencing, it's been, it's been um, moving towards other um, rhythms too, and yeah. influencing these other rhythms. And there's this uh, almost kind of crowding out effect where you have a lot of people moving towards it and now abandoning certain classic or certain uh, culturally specific uh, rhythms. So um, the example that I saw was this cumbia artist that's now using his using his influence and using his uh, his his stage in the kind of the cumbia world to launch new kind of uh, trap related and uh, reggaeton related uh, songs. Um, what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of uh, this this rise in the in the in the specific industry? Is it is it good music? Because there's still this discussion, right? If it's good music, it's bad music. I mean, I would give the credit to the the rhythm. I'll say, like, I love to dance like this type of music in a party. Um, although I don't agree with most of the lyrics lyrics of these songs as they're pretty like sexist or like yeah so i think it's good in terms of like the rhythm and like it has a lot of like an energy although i think there are some artists that their lyrics are just way too sexist for my opinion so yeah in, in brazil you have this 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 major discussion because of funk right funk is the let's say the 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 brazilian reggaeton in many ways and there's most of the, the, the people that are involved and are proponents of funk will, will say that it reflects a social reality, that it's, uh, these are young people in general um, commenting and talking about their realities, and that's why it would have such a, a representation of violence, of sex, of, of uh, behavior that is not considered cultured or not considered of, of, of a high end. I personally think that 
there is there's definitely a limit in terms of the sexualization of this kind of music. Yeah. But it's but it's interesting to talk about it because it it, it hits on this and uh, the, the reality of people and how and how they represent their reality. And then and then I wonder is is it these musicians representing their reality in terms of, of sex, for example, or is it just them propagating even more these kind of sexual stereotypes? I think it's also about the type of things they need to do to be part of the industry mm. or to be at like the top of like so many lists on like Spotify or other social like music platforms where they need to meet. I think I think they need to meet cer certain standards for them to keep it like a position of not only power but of influence so i think there's also we need to think about the things they need to do to or like yeah to be part of the, of the industry yeah definitely agree um just bringing back the discussion to the lyrics <clears throat> i absolutely disagree from i think all of the all of the lyrics i've, I've been hearing this recently if you go analyze them critically they're very awful like almost every song that's in the top of the charts the the, the lyrics are sexist are blatantly sexist might i say um, sometimes over sexualized, but that's the thing, right? As you were saying, Raquel, they're they're fun not because of the lyrics. I, I mean, you'd sing along at a party, right? But um, they're better because of the energy they bring, as you said, and mostly because of the rhythm. So again, um, if you're gonna, if you're, I, I wouldn't listen to reggaeton at home to relax, neither nor would I listen to funk, um, but to get pumped up or things like that. I think they're great. Um, but again, if you're gonna analyze the lyrics, you're gonna be in for a surprise because they're very, very awful. Okay. And going back to the rhythm, I think that that's why I said that I don't know what I think about Rosalia because recently I read this <laughs> article and it was made saying that she's taking advantage of like these Latin, like different Latino uh, rhythms and like music and she's doing these collaborations with these Latino artists as if she's trying to be part of the community without being like she's trying to sing like latino music without being a latina and i think that's what people like about us as, as and our music is that the rhythm and, and how it just like gives a lot of energy to the song i think that's why we can see the rise of many many collaborations of english speaking singers with latino um, singers and i think that's that's great because it allows these Latino singers to to grow and be part of like other uh, industries, other to go to other places to, um, yeah. Yeah, I think the the part of the rhythm is really important because um, again, in many of the articles I was reading is that um, saying that the 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 accessible how the, the accessibility of this type of rhythm called the reggaeton is has made it spread so much because it. It can you can you can stretch the barriers of what reggaeton is, and then if you go to a certain point, it gets close to trap. If you go to a certain point, it gets. I mean, there are raps in the middle of reggaeton, mm -hmm. most of them. So it's it's quite a, a kind of a stretchable category that can can concentrate and, and space out in, in many ways. Um, specifically with regards to Rosalia, I a lot of the critics that I read is are actually the opposite. They're saying how she's reinventing flamenco and how she's in 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 a way it's. It's, it's hard to see uh, um, divas or pop artists that are explode globally coming from Spain specifically. Yeah. And then she would be kind of this resurgence too. So, so I like her in that aspect. Yeah, I think that's something interesting to like see. But at the same time, I think she's, as well as like she's trying to incorporate flamenco, uh, she's also bringing in the, the, the Latino part. And 
actually the other day I was uh, on Instagram and there was this video of her and the caption was oh look at this like beautiful Latina and it was like okay well first she's not a Latina but she's also like the the fact that I read also this um, article where it was saying that she never like even when they asked her are you a Latina do you identify yourself as a Latina she never like answered properly mm. so is this just for like increase care uh, like support for like fans in Latin America uh, is it this just about numbers and money or like is she's really into this like Latin American music and that's why she's trying to I don't know work with other Latin American uh, singers kind of pulling the, from this um, this theme I was wondering how if 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 you if you guys feel represented by reggaeton in some way does it represent exact specifically uh, uh, like a of course, I, I think it's really hard for it to just like funk represent my specific reality, but funk does represent certain types of realities. Uh, do you guys think that reggaeton represents Latino culture in a good way? <laughs> if you don't speak Spanish, absolutely. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> it's a hard question, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, a, it's a hard, it's, it's a hard topic. Room. Yeah, really I'll here, say, man. I'll say no, but at the same time, there are some. I, I just, uh, I, I'm thinking about the son of, uh, oh, what are they, their names? Uh, Enrique Iglesias and uh, Julio Iglesias. No, no, no. <laughs> I like Julio Iglesias. Um, this, um, oh, what are their names? Gente de Zona. When they like, th there's this song where they they mention. I think almost every like Latin American country, and it's like they bring this sense of like unity. So mm -hmm. that's when I think about like, yeah, it's good because it's like showing like all these I don't know countries and our culture. But at the same time, I'm thinking about those really really bad songs where their lyrics are just like, you know what, I don't want to listen to this anymore. Yeah. So my answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it represents us. The lyrics. The lyrics specifically. The lyrics. Because the rhythm, as, I, as I've been saying, I think it's good. Um, but the lyrics, I think that we need to... Especially in, at this time when we're thinking about feminism, when we're thinking about um, gender minorities, when, when, when we're thinking about e like equity and um, equality, I don't think these lyrics are inclusive at all. So, my answer is no. <laughs> Listen, mate, I don't know, I think that um, maybe, maybe lyrics not. I mean, you don't have to agree to the lyrics. I, I don't agree with most of the lyrics. Again, I, I don't know if you're even supposed to agree or disagree. I, I don't like them. I think green is wrong, was it the wrong word to use. I don't love most of the lyrics. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that, wow, when, when they come up, I don't sing along and I yeah. get like happy. Of course I do. That's true. And <laughs> it's gonna become my catchphrase. <laughs> again, again, for more that I think you're right, and I think that we absolutely need to be thinking about equity and, and, and feminism and how these songs, um, they undermine women in some yeah. ways. Uh, I believe that in America is uh, light years away from gender inclusivity. Yes, I agree. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. And this, I mean, I also, I, I, every time that I listen to these songs in like a, a club or when I'm going out with, with my friends, I'm going to get like hype up because of them. Like, it's not like kind of like a duality that I'm experiencing because on one hand, I'm a feminist. I'm trying to uh, like 
break these cycles of oppression, but at the same time, I'm listening to these songs. So it's like, I'm trying to figure it out a way where like, I can do both. So, and uh, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And, and that's something that I struggled a lot with funk because um, although there's fantastic funks, uh, like Happy That Zahmer, that will talk about reality and talk about violence in a very specific way. There's, uh, okay, there's what they call, is it conscious funk? That it's like, they'll, it's more of a, um, it has this this more like a social reality approach that will we'll talk about uh, like political issues. It'll be more, a little bit more dense, let's say dense. Um, but I, I start listening to them and they're not good. <laughs> you know, it. I wonder if the the sex the sexualization at this point has attached itself to the kind of the, the rhythm of reggaeton to a point where it's really hard to detach it from from the the reggaeton songs that are considered to be good so uh so i i, I struggle a lot with that but I, I i still i still think that yes definitely the the rhythm really represents us because yeah. it's the it's the energy it's the feeling it's the unity that we we get um, when we're listening to these kinds of songs but then again yes the lyrics are quite complicated and i think that that's why a lot of people when um like a lot of like it's yeah like a song from latin america is being played on a club they're like oh yeah i love spanish music they have like this idea of that all our songs are pretty like when they when they see the videos of the songs most of the girls they're wearing uh like almost like nothing, right? Um, so I think that they also have this idea of like, or this stereotype of how our music like kind of like looks like, or the videos, how, how they look like. And I think it also influences the perceptions of other people from outside of Latin America towards us. So I'm wondering if reggaeton is like the only, I don't know, like gender or streaming music that has this power outside of Latin America. Oh, 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 yeah, outside of Latin America, if that makes sense. Okay, it's a mushroom effect and it's and it's getting bigger and bigger. Do you think it's here to stay? Do you think it's gonna where do you think it's gonna go? Because I think it's I think it's gonna I think it's gonna die off soon. Really? Because yeah, I think so. Because in a way, it's I my that's my hunch and I'm terrible with hunches, but um, I think that it's blending so much with other kinds of, of, of hip-hop and trap and rap that it that it's gonna it's gonna blend itself into a new it, it feels like the the American pop industry has this amazing ability of like eating up other rhythms and then it'll like take the the aspects that I think it's good and then it embeds into its like the normal structure of a pop song it kind of makes it battle it makes it like mm, I don't think it's it would be as pervasive as it is because then you have now so many producers that are not Latinos and producing kind of Latino related songs. Um, but then again, you have still this boom, boom, boom in Latin America with, with the reggaeton industry. And it's even bleeding into Brazil, which is really hard. It's, yes. it's really hard yes. to get Spanish um, spoken songs or song songs in mm -hmm. Brazil. And, and reggaeton is bleeding into Brazil, which is quite interesting and even influencing funk too. So, so yeah, it's, it's it's global, it's expanding, but I think that it's gonna diffuse into other rhythms. I don't know if that is actually what's going on right now, though, because hmm. I think there are two things going on right now. First, some artists that were singing other type of um, like music, and for them, in order to keep 
being part of the industry they decided to go to reggaeton or artists artists that were singing reggaeton they decided to go and like do something else so for example i remember luis fonsi i remember his songs were not like reggaeton they were more like pop in spanish or like baladas or that, that kind of stuff and then with despacito and then there's this other song where like he started being part of the reggaeton industry so i'm thinking if this is just going to like keep going like this way or as you said like reggaeton is going to disappear you know? I don't know if it's necessarily a positive thing, but um, I do think it's gonna last at least a while longer. Especially, if anything, if the Super Bowl performance, like the choice of Shakira and J-Lo, showed anything that it's underrated still. Might have been peaked then? Maybe. I don't think so. Um, and yeah, I do think it's gonna continue uh, rising and continue to bleeding into other markets, which it, it wouldn't make too much sense. As you said, Brazil, it's very, very difficult for Brazilians to enjoy um, Spanish-speaking songs and clubs or parties, and that is definitely happening right now. And in in Spain too, as you were saying before, Raquel, about um, how what's her face? Rosaria. Yeah, how um, Rosaria said like she doesn't give a straight answer, and she's always like being being related to with with being a Latina, even though she isn't. Uh, in Spain, reggaeton is extremely popular. If you go to clubs in Spain, that's all they're listening to. You, they even call people like regatoneros and things like that in Spain, which I, I was very shocked to see. Um, but yeah, it, I think it is definitely on the rise. And it, 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 I do believe it's going to tend to uh, continue taking over other markets where you wouldn't expect it to. Okay, so then if it's, if it's something that in the lyrics doesn't really represent us, if maybe in the rhythms it does, um, what would you change about it? And um, if you were to have some, maybe another rhythm in your country that you would like to explode, what would it be? Okay, so for the first question, I would like to support more artists that, where like the, the rhythm is excellent, plus if like their lyrics are also really good, I will support them. It, it's, it's, it's hard to, to determine because I've, I've, I've noticed how some, some, some musical genres, specifically in Brazil, they are so culturally sense uh, like ta attached that it's hard to make it global in a sense. Um, so, for example, Brazil, you have the MPB, which is uh, Brazilian popular music, which is a musical genre that, if you think about it, it has it's very expansive. It mm. it, 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 it amalgamates so many different rhythms in yes. what we call Brazilian popular music, and, and and yeah, it does have a like a global outlook and a global view. But I'd say that. It's it's hard to it's hard to grasp because it's a, it's the pop industry right the pop industry will look for the um, for the most like kind of funky songs the ones that are short the ones that are punchy so it's it's hard to, to it's hard to pass on a message that is appropriate and that is sensible and that is actually dense when you're in this kind of format that's why I think it's so hard um, but there there are, there are external examples I think Kayetrizu does a good job um, of course it doesn't it. Well, the one of the, the the kind of leads is a producer, and he actually produces reggaeton and he produces different rhythms. So you can see that even in in the Kayatresi example, it's someone who who's who's doing this kind of specific songs that are uh, that emerge from Latin America and they're they're are being culturally sensitive to the things that we talk about there. Latin America is one of the the, the, the great songs that kind of um, uh, reflects that. But he's also um, working on on reggaeton music, so I, I think there's a blend and there's you you can um, work both ways. Honestly, I can't see 
MPB, eu sou MPB, Brazilian Popular Music, é my favorite genre in Brazil. But I really cannot see it in no way, shape, or form being global. Not only because, it, as you said, it's not funky enough, the songs are really huge. Um, and yeah, even though it, it generally has, um, especially if you go towards Chico Buarque or Caetano Veloso, they do have very powerful messages, especially about their time periods. Um, and yeah, even though I love them, I can't really see them uh, going global in any way. Okay. Um, and in terms of the actual like reggaeton artists, what do you guys recommend? Bad Bunny. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I'll say maybe Carol G. I, I think I like a couple of her songs, and I think Tusa. Have you have you heard Tusa? No, no. Okay, it's like a really yes, you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Okay. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, really like good song it's that is being played right now. Mm -hmm. It's like. Wow. It's like the new Despacito, man. Yeah, probably. <laughs> what about you? I have this weak spot for Maluma. And I know Maluma is oh, really complicated. He talks about... Whoa! Oh, Lyrics-wise? Lyrics-wise, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He talks a lot about like cheating and mm. fucking and, and this kind of behavior that is... is and it's... And it's, uh, it's I would describe it as predatorial behavior. It's like... You know, like like men being like, Nyeh! like going over people and stuff. That I think it's like, oh, it's a bit scary. Um, but the songs are nice. They're fun. They're 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 exciting. I sing along to them. So okay. I guess it's the standard of reggaeton. So. I think he's fading out, though. He's fading. I think so. I don't think he's like as popular as he used to be. I don't know if he has released any new song though. Yeah, because nowadays you have to release a song every like month to be able Almost, to like yeah. yeah to not die. So, okay. so maybe. What do you think is the influence of Latin American music here in Canada? So, for example, when you go to a club, which kind of I, first of all, do you listen? Is there like any Latin songs being played? And B, which ones? Yes, Gasolina plays it every single. Yeah, time. I was gonna say. That's right. Yeah, it's 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 like of course if you don't go into the I, I think there's a, it's a diverse range and I think that now if we're talking about reggaeton right it, it's it's blending into like the and I, I saw this article saying that EDM and country music specifically in the US has less listeners and less of a market share compared to reggaeton so like reggaeton is going up and so this means that you now you have reggaeton and I'll, I'll listen to reggaeton in, in like nightclubs that are considered to be EDM or considered to be electronic mm. music. Uh, so there you're gonna find the the Bad Bunnies and the <laughs> and the Malumas and the yeah. whatever J Balvin's Daddy Yankee Daddy Yankee <laughs> yeah. um, and and the classics. But then sometimes you'll get this like the 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 old stuff because Latin music has this like resurgences right? It goes way yeah. back like Macarena and then like it just spikes. And yeah, uh, but, uh, no, but he's he's from the, the last Ryan. spike. He's from the last spike. He's not partaking this new one. I, I think he is. He's Stop. surfing really well. Is he's, he? Yes, he is. The last good song I remember is actually I don't remember. What's his like nickname? He's like Mr. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> 2014. He he made he made the World Cup song. That's what he did. Ole, ole. He's he's always there, and and that's what they do, and that and that's something interesting in the industry, right? Because it's just like in funk, it's like singles. They'll just like launch singles and singles after singles, featuring like a billion artists. Oh. Funk he released a song in twenty nineteen. It's called No Lo Trates. Put it on. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Sounds bad. Okay, I will. <laughs> oh, it's with uh, Nati Natasha and uh, Daddy Yankee. Yeah, of course. No lo trates, no. Nothing Natasha. Hey, what? No me 
Let's wait until he says he's too old. There we go. <laughs> I mean, it's the classic, right? Yeah. It's like it there's someone rapping in the beginning with a dun -ch -dun -ch -dun, and then like <laughs> a catchy, a catchy chorus. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about like the question I I asked before, and at least for me, I think there's. I mean, I face this kind of rejection from I wouldn't say Canadians, but like from people here to listen to other type of uh, songs from Latin America. Because mm. for example, I went to this club and I requested this song and they were like, no, people don't know that song. So that's why they only play, as you said, um, uh, Gasolina. Like, Gasolina, but also like Heaps of Life. I think that those are like the only two songs where like everyone knows the lyrics. So that's why I think they play them. So I'm thinking about how open is like the industry here to play more Latin American songs. I, I don't know if it's correct to call Latin American songs in the first place, because that's pretty broad. It's really broad, but here we're talking specifically about well, reggaeton, reggaeton. Right? Okay, so yeah. like for industries to play more reggaeton songs. Because you're you're not gonna see like in an EDM club someone playing like a standard version of cumbia or of, like no. bachata or whatever. But then maybe. Um, like what's happening a lot in reggaeton, which I think is really nice, is that they're making these these rhythms kind of accessible, right? Because they remix and they'll take it, some parts of it and they'll put it in together and they'll create this new product that's reggaeton that makes it more, in a way, this kind of culture more accessible. But then again, it's like, yeah, it is there, but it's in the background. And I wonder if it's actually gonna, gonna move any industry other than the reggaeton industry, right? Because in, and that's what they do. That's what a lot of these reggaeton artists and, and many pop artists do. They remix stuff. Like That's all a huge, huge remix. And in a way, it reflects our reality because it's, it's a remix of stuff from Latin America, but then stuff from here, and then it becomes this new, this new thing. So I think it opens, it opens, opens our eyes to new, uh, or at least Canadian eyes to new realities. But then, as it's a rhythm, and as it's it's kind of standardized in many ways, um, it could also pass by as, as something that's not really relevant because they're all kind of the same. They all kind of sound the same. <clears throat> I agree with the last point you're saying. Um, I was at work and I was playing playlists of a lot of like that had a lot of Latin American songs, including uh, reggaeton, pop, and all that. And then my boss was like, "Why are like all?" Why are all these songs like with the same rhythm? It seems like even they have the same lyrics. And I was like, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's they perceive it as like the same because I think that we can find a difference. But I don't know if from non non Spanish speaking people if they will find the, the these difference as well. Well, uh, I am. We're closing this podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for for being here weekly, and we'll see you guys uh, next week. Uh, reminding that uh, El Cafecito is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Take care. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy Yankee.